We're starting things off with a word from our sponsor. Since 1998, DVD Netflix has delivered more than 5 billion DVD and Blu-ray rentals to movie lovers in every American zip code and to military bases around the world in their famous, iconic red envelopes. With an extensive library of titles from the early 1900s to today and shows from such premium networks as HBO and Showtime, DVD Netflix is a must for physical media lovers. Featuring a variety of different plans starting at as little as $8.99 per month, it's a great way to experience DVDs and Blu-rays with special features and commentary tracks you won't find anywhere else. A member for over 20 years, so well before I ever began working with the service as an official blogger on acting or as a DVD, Netflix, Twitter, film discussion host, I think it's a terrific way to keep our vintage video store memories alive and support the physical media that we love so much. So be sure to check out DVD Netflix for yourself at dvd.com. Now, on with the show. Hey, this is Jen Johans at filmintuition.com and filmintuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen. You've heard them on past episodes solo, but today I am so thrilled to be joined by this dynamic duo together. It's one of my favorite couples, my friends Chris and Elizabeth Cantwell, the co-creator and showrunner of one of my favorite television series, Halt and Catch Fire, which he joined me to discuss in season two. Chris Cantwell is an incredibly talented and prolific writer right now working on the TV projects Devil and Silver and Max Headroom, and also writing such comics as Star Trek Defiant, Hellcat, Briar, Namor, Obi-Wan, Iron Man, Doctor Doom, and regarding the matter of Oswald's body. His brilliant wife, Elizabeth Cantwell, is a poet, teacher, and writer-editor at Bright Wall Dark Room, whose essays on movies and men are always must-reads. Chris and Elizabeth, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy, not only professional, but also personal schedule as the parents of three adorable boys to come and talk Kurt Russell with me today. So how are you doing and how has the year been treating you guys so far? We're doing great. We're doing good. (laughs) We're doing good. We're doing good. There's nothing we'd rather do than talk about Kurt Russell. I mean, speaking of adorable boys. He's adorable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, oh, he, he was. And he still is. He's flinty. We were talking about this today. He's flinty. He's I don't know flinty. if I used that word. I did. Well, and that's why I said it again. Because he's flinty. <laughs> yes. No, we're doing great. We are, uh, yeah, constantly in motion. But I think that's how life is. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're just We're just hanging. Yeah, it's hard to believe that our baby is already eight months almost, where he's like eating things that aren't bottles and pulling himself up on stuff. And and then his oldest brother will be in fifth grade when he turns one, we which have, is oh my goodness, the, the a shy a of a of a uh, middle schooler, just shy. They're actually watching Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade right now. Yeah, that's what they're wow, being for the first with. time. Yeah. Yes, they've seen the first two. So they watched Raiders, Ooh. Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and our middle one is five. So he's a little young. So he can handle it though. Well, yeah. we were like <laughs> on the way before we left, we were like, 
did anything freak you out about those movies? And he was like, yes. And you know, we, were like, we were like, oh, it is, it was like when the heart is pulled out of the man, you know, and he was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, what was the other thing you're saying? He's like, and the, he said, oh, he, the said, mommies. he said, and the mommies, but he, he meant, meant, he the, meant the mummies. No, oh, it's uh, okay. He'll be fine. He was fine. And then nine-year-old doesn't, he used to be so affected by everything he saw, but now yeah, he's like, now he's, who cares? Yeah, whatever. He's totally desensitized. So we should show him uh, Silkwood. We should show him. <laughs> I was going to say with Skinnamarink. Let's show him Skinnamarink and Silkwood no, as a double feature. That would be a strange Beyond the Black feature. Rainbow. No. Check this out, bud. <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Mandy. There you go. Do it. Yeah. 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 Well, I loved meeting Cooper last year. That was phenomenal. I was going to say, that's probably the last time we talked face-to-face, Chris. It was like a year ago when you came to Phoenix for spring uh, training with baseball. And Mm -hmm. Cooper, that was so much fun. I know. We wanted to do it again. We we, It sunk up their spring breaks and their President's Day break sunk up perfectly where President's Day was like a week before spring training started. Mm -hmm. And then their spring break was the is now and it spring training ended last week because we went so i took them to opening day so we went to opening day baseball but yeah we were i was planning to take them both out to uh phoenix and see y'all but but it didn't work out they're schooling i know hopefully it'll sync up maybe they'll maybe they'll strike again and screw up the schedule so we can (laughs) hang out with you there you go and it was really cool to see you were taking the kids on various camping trips um, what was that like going out there without tents for a few nights with uh, a bunch of was it five year olds or kindergartners? I mean, it was my kindergartners goodness. and first graders. Yeah, that was fun. It, I I had just done I did Joshua Tree with Cooper two weeks before, and he's been like fourth grade, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was uh, more contained and controlled and less parents. This trip is the kind of introductory trip at their school where everyone goes with a parent, and. Yes, we slept without tents and it's like, oh, the California desert, it'll be perfect. And the second night we were all awoken at morning by pouring rain, which was because <laughs> there were no tents. So I looked over and our middle son, Leo, was just like a little sleeping bag sarcophagus covered in rain and still asleep. <laughs> he can sleep through a lot of things. Yeah, so I, wow. I was kind of like one of those little hoods, so he wasn't feeling, so but I had to wake him up and get him into the back of a travel van with a blanket. So that was, that was gnarly. But other than that, it was, it was great. Other than that. And then you got to go back, go to the baseball game and start watching some more Kurt Russell movies. Yeah. We did the baseball game that night when we got back. And then you and I went right into. Overboard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you felt like you were overboard. Yeah. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know Kurt Russell is a huge uh, figure, especially for you, Elizabeth, because I know how much he loved The Thing and uh, some of his movies. So what is it about Kurt and what he brings as an actor that you think makes him so unique and so special? We were talking about this. We kind of disagreed, though. But I think so. I think that he's in the category of like, I always see him in Patrick Swayze kind of side by side as like working class stars, not that okay. they themselves Personas. were working class, but yeah, like the, the persona that he plays is usually like, I'm a working class guy. I would say Patrick Swayze yeah. is in Kurt Russell's category as opposed to Kurt Russell. Is it? No, I, think I feel Patrick like Swayze Patrick, gets less credit than he should. I thought they got less 
I think his scripts weren't as good. Well, but I do think he's a better actor than most people give him credit. I do for. agree. But I think yeah. that he kind of he kind of fills he kind of steps into some of the parameters that Kurt Russell trailblazed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think but I think he he you he, could he, see Kurt in Next of Kin. I mean, yeah, we were yeah, just yes, talking we about Next of Kin. Kin. We watched yeah. all of Patrick Swayze's movies. It was a few months ago. Right? Yeah, a few months there you ago. go. Yeah, we watched Next of Kin. That's Patrick's a train wreck. I wonder. I love that movie though because it's Liam Neeson as his brother <laughs> yeah. from West Virginia. And they pack like lunches to go on a road trip for like eight my eight hours. I don't know. Yeah, it's even like a, and, and there's but that movie <laughs> starts way too late because he's yes. already a Chicago cop wearing a cowboy hat and married. <laughs> and it's like this is the epilogue of the film that we didn't see. And that's the beginning of this one. It's very confusing. Anyway, no, but back to Kurt Russell. He's uh I see him as kind of a you buy him as like a good person. Unless you're watching death, death Proof. Yeah. This was, yeah, yeah. But I think he usually plays like, I'm a good man at heart. And I may be a little rough around the edges, but like, mm-hmm. I'm a good guy. Like, you should, you trust Kurt Russell, usually. Usually, yeah. I think that's probably why it works in Death Proof, is yeah. because he's a, against type a little bit. Yeah. And as stuntman Mike. But I don't yeah. know, like, I feel like the Kurt Russell I trust the least is when he's playing more like... uh Cityfied. Yes. Like I when he's in that, he's in the polo shirt, rugged. polo shirt, wire, wire rim glasses. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to save his wife and break That's down. True. I don't know if he's going to pull off stopping the terrorists and executive decision. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why I love those films. Like the, but, part, yeah. the stable partner in Tango and Cash. Oh, no, wait. Stallone is in the wire frame glasses. This guy, you don't trust him. You're like. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, know. is this there? Can this therapist help him? Right. You know what I mean? Could any therapist help him? No one could. No one <laughs> could. Yeah. Maybe Patrick Swayze, but maybe Swayze. different podcast. Yes. Well, the films that we chose for our various uh, eras of Kurt Russell's career and his range are the computer war tennis shoes. Cause I figured you can't talk to the co-creator of Halt and Catch Fire without a computer movie, uh, Silkwood overboard and tombstone so it's kind of a good range i'm sure we're going to cite a million other ones uh chris and i are big fans of uh <laughs> that's my brother god damn it uh backdraft and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and all of the other kurtz the breakdown executive decision i mean there's so many great eras of kurt that we're gonna i'm sure touch on so which one do you want to dive into first you guys i mean they're all they're all such uh, odysseys in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have different relationships with with uh, them because Silkwood, we watched, I wanted to see, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, was it like January or something? Yeah, like not, like really recently. Ago. Yeah. I had recently. seen it. Tr- I had heard about the story, the true story. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer for it. And I was like, oh, and it's Mike Nichols is interesting. And then it was like. So then we watched it and I really enjoyed it. And he was like this incredible presence in it. Yeah, he was great in it. And yeah. Yeah. Golden so that Globe was nominated. Recent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and it was his only, is that his only Academy Award nomination? Yeah. I think. I don't Maybe. think he got nominated for was an Oscar. No, but well, the Golden Globe nomination. Golden Globe. Globe nomination. But yeah. Um, he's great. He's very good in that. We should talk about his character because he's like, He's at once like inc- incredibly backwards, and then talk about talking about it. What? Yeah, we we're could, already in it. We could stop talking about it. Well, ask. Let's me go into Silkwood. Yeah, 
Or we could just keep going. It's up to you. What you this is do? the okay. first movie that, or the first time you guys saw that film? Yes. Yeah, we only saw it a oh, few okay. So I guess, ago. yeah, like in terms of, yeah, we just saw it. Yeah, and I, I, his, I was going to say his character is tremendously backward and also tremendously forward at the same time, which is what's yeah. amazing about him because he's, he's like cool with Cher, mm-hmm. who is like a lesbian in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like kind of like a, He's got like some new age qualities, but then he also has the giant Confederate flag over yes. his And then he yeah. sometimes says terrible things to yeah. Meryl Streep. Yeah. Like, oh, because he's... Well, you can see, he seems like this figure of somebody who's like in a transition between worlds and trying to figure out where he fits. Like, yeah. He, he knows the old, like the Confederate flag version of him is probably not going to make it into this new era, but he's also like trying to navigate what does it mean to be an evolved person in, you know, the time that I live now. And Well, it's yeah. like, yeah, and I think in terms of the plot, right, it's like he would like nothing more than for things to just be normal and have the normal job and have people not getting sick, including his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's also someone who can't ignore the truth around him which yeah. i liked yeah um, yeah he and he's supportive of her but also yeah i mean yeah, there he's are like, times you know, he's, he really cares about her he's very supportive of her and in a similar way like kind of supportive of Cher, like in a way yeah. at one point though like he gets really mad and moves out he gets mad and moves he out does yeah because... he thinks they're cheating or she's cheating and yes. you're not paying enough attention to me actually... or you're yeah because she's been hanging out with uh ron silver yeah right the reporter yes mm-hmm. Ron Silver, a great character actor. Uh, yeah. But no, yeah, he's he leaves, but it's more because her focus is being pulled away by the investigation. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think he's worried. And yeah. But you have Mike Nichols' direction. You have a script by Nora Ephron and Alice right. Arlen based on the book. I saw this probably in middle school. I went through a huge Meryl Streep thing. And so I remember watching like Sophie's Choice and Silkwood and trying to catch up on all of these movies. And the one thing that dawned on me when I watched it this time, because it was right after I had revisited um, The River Wild, is you have David Strathairn in this movie in a very small role. Like 10 years before they played uh, Husband and Wife. Yeah, River Wild. That's Mm. amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I was I was taken by surprise by this movie because I thought for some reason that the true story it was based on was actually the true story that Looking for Mr. Goodbar is based on. So I <laughs> you were thinking it was going to like take a twist. That's a very different true story, by the way. <laughs> that's why I was surprised. You're like, why is there all this radiation? That's <laughs> what's with the plutonium? Is that an allegory? Yeah. No, like, when is when she going to become a prostitute? When started, I was like, wow, I didn't know that nuclear waste was facility involved. stuff was a part of this. <laughs> this story. I was really just waiting for her to become a prostitute and be murdered. Or if it's not a prostitute, she's like a she just become a, girl. a prostitute and murdered? No, she's she like high her class. No, a good time girl. Yeah time girl that's yeah, right yeah. but anyway i thought it was that story so this movie surprised <laughs> me while we were watching it you like went into really it really surprised you <laughs> i waited for probably about half an hour until i figured out in my head that it was not going to be that story <laughs> when do we get watching. to the singles bars yeah where a they? different story but it was great actually. i like that movie yeah, it's sad it stuck with me it's it's a sad movie it is 
I mean, I was saying something. By the way, I know this is a Kurt Russell podcast and not a Cher podcast, but Cher is great. She's amazing. Cher is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like a total chameleon in the film and like just disappears into the character. Is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, It was like the least Cher Cher I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. There's just the one moment when her girlfriend who does makeup for uh, funeral wakes. Yeah. Puts 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 eyeshadow on her and she turns around and is like, that's Cher. You're like, oh, wait, Cher. (laughs) Yeah. But no, yeah. Kurt Russell has his own, like, I mean, like, we got to talk about the low jeans, right? Yeah, like, the, but, oh, they are the barely hanging on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the he looks great. nomination right there. He looks yeah. great. <laughs> Plenty. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. No, he's, he, he looks, and that was, you told me that, so this was 83, mm-hmm. right? So 83. this was when he was starting to date Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. This same year because mm-hmm. she saw Silkwood and was like, Silkwood and was look like, at those jeans. Yeah, like, check out those yeah. jeans. It's like we met in '68. You didn't look like this then. Yeah, yeah. I was very upset though by the intimacy in this movie because all I kept thinking was like, "You're gonna get radiation poisoning." No, that they do a good please job of that. Don't have <laughs> sex with this woman. Like, please don't put yeah. any part of you inside of her. <laughs> the movie does it's gonna glow in the dark it's gonna yeah. be a mess yeah. Ugh. you're gonna Ugh. set off the alarm the next day everyone's gonna you know, know you were doing it up. yeah it's the worst it really it i think that's the the movie does such a good job of making you every second you're like oh my god and i felt this i we talked about this after we watched it but i felt like especially in a like covid era I'm not going to say post-COVID because COVID is still out there. But, you know, now that we have lived with a pandemic, like, and and had that experience of, like, what is contaminated, what is not contaminated, where can you not go? Like, I felt every minute of that contamination. It was very present. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it was, I would like to believe that it's intentional, that it's so messy and imprecise in terms of the containment that they do around that that you're like clearly these people are taking it home they're yes. all gonna um like this is it's everywhere when like you just get a sense that it's everywhere you go in her bathroom oh, and yeah. they're like it's like your bathroom her is her moisturizer her makeup you're just yes. like the oh, weird yeah. thing is but it's not in your car i mean it, it's crazy making yeah yeah it's 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 maddening in terms of like the where it is and where it's not you know mm-hmm. so it's like what's what's her anxiety or like you know, what's what's like uh, some sort of like um, paranoia built on the actual exposure. Yeah. 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 It was. It, yeah. Fred Ward yeah. is right? 40 more times than you should have in your body yeah. was in her body. And you're just, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, it is quite the film for sure. And then the end is very strange. Very ominous. I mean, it, it's and, like it's the, yeah. the, you hear it and it's like. You hear the the true story, and you're like, "That's extremely sad and obviously suspect." But I felt like the end was uh, remember because it's like lights in her rearview mirror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, for anybody, but I mean, they were just it. But uh, but then there, I don't know. Then they had like I feel like they had, they did some pickup shots that they felt that they needed, or the studio was like, "Well, but do we know what happened to her? Like, let's be sure. Like, yeah, let's do a center yeah. punch." Yeah, it was a little bit of a cop out. Yeah. yeah, it was very strange. They could have, I feel like they could have done it more mysterious and just left it at the rearview mirror and cut. Mm-hmm. That'd have been yeah. awesome. And then just I, give you a little title card. I mean, that know? might be too abrupt, though. Oh, is it too abrupt I for you? I think it might be too I'm abrupt. I'm sorry. Well, this luckily for you, it's spelled out. Thanks. So there's nothing left to your Listen, imagination. I didn't know what movie I was watching for a while. So <laughs> you need it spelled <laughs> out. Yeah. 
four episodes into Andor. You're like, where is Tom Berenger? You're like, what's going on? Four episodes into Andor, Elizabeth quietly said, oh, his name is Andor. (laughs) Which was great. No, I didn't know that was his name. His name is Andor. I had no idea. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, but I do think that Kurt Russell is quietly very powerful in that movie like he's he manages to hold his own with Meryl Streep which is impressive that is impressive anybody yeah that can... yeah yeah absolutely I did read that this was kind of a you know groundbreaking in terms of being a film that they gave the filmmakers like first amendment rights that they give to journalists as far as you know wow. people share info with you you have the right to keep that private. Um, it was like two of the producers who worked on it. I think in grad school, they started working on this film. And so it was kind of uh, set a precedent that way. So it was seen as a little bit journalistic in that sense. But yeah, I do think that the ending kind of tried to have it both ways a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah like it, although I do like, don't they go back in time and it's her waving? In slow yeah. motion, yeah. in the car. Yeah. Yes. Yep. To him. To yeah. Yeah. It occurred. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, in the eighties, of course, right after Silkwood, we had a very different Kurt Russell. You brought up Goldie Hawn, so we should probably go. I mean, this was also around the time of Swing Shift. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, Swing Shift's yeah. a big. Uh, my mom loves that movie. Yeah, there's a totally different cut that oh. somebody gave me a while ago. I haven't watched yet, but. I'll hook you up. But uh, yeah, so I guess there's a very different version of that. But I always liked Swing Shift. I thought that they were really great in it. Of course, it's fun to see these two together. And then they made Overboard, which kind of, I think, all the charm you need for that movie to like work and not, I mean, personally speaking, you still are really grossed out. But you need <laughs> the the charm of the chemistry of those two and their movie star appeal to make that movie work. It's Gary Marshall's 1987 movie written by Leslie Dixon. So I know, Elizabeth, this was your first time watching this one. So talk yeah. to me about Overboard. Oh, I mean, I was prepared for the premise. So I knew I knew that it was not a good premise. Yeah. Well, it's a tr- it's a it's, you know it's a true story. It's, it's a good bar. It's a yeah. it's an interesting premise for sure. You're like, what if this happened? But I don't know if they explore it the way you think you might. But but as we we're watching it, I was like, it isn't as bad. I was expecting. It is. It rests so much on the it, it, the, the two of them. The two of them yeah, pull it them. so well. Yes, like it's, they do. It's uh, particularly, I think I was because I've seen it a million times. Yeah, I love that movie. So she loves Swing Shift, and that's funny because that movie's the drama, right? And it's very yeah, serious. I've um, never seen Swing Shift. Swing Shift is great because it, it's yeah, yeah, isn't it's got it? Ed it, Harris, like, a lot yeah. of good people in it. Isn't it yeah. like uh, she's having an affair while her husband's away, right? Like, yeah, 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 and like, um, and Kurt is Kurt like a musician? He is. I think yes. he plays like sax or trumpet. I mean, Elizabeth, you got to get in on all of that. No, it's yeah. it's good. great. It's a yeah. sexy movie. All right, but it is. Overboard is very silly. It's Overboard funny because it's the two. It's silly. funny that it's the two of this. It's the both of them because yeah. I forgot. Um, but no, like uh, my mom watched Overboard one hundred thousand. She's probably watching Overboard right now. She probably She's is probably watching it right now. 
And so I've just seen it to the point where I feel like I could quote the whole movie to you. Yeah. When we were, when we sat down to watch it, Chris was like, I promise not to just say all the lines as they're happening, which all the bad Billy lines, all the bad Billy Pruitt lines, like uh, (laughs) the doctor, my my favorite character. One of my favorite characters is the, is the psychiatrist who shows up at the very end on the boat. He was funny. He's very funny. He was funny. Uh, But no, like I, I, yeah, I've seen it so many times, but I never, so I never considered the premise until I was an adult. It was like, you know, like that's really bad, you know, but I, I think that, Watching it again, I was I was kind of amazed by, well, both of them, but like Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn is very good. Pulls in that, that movie. through so well. Like she's very she funny. is she's so, so funny. Oh my goodness, yeah. I've really, always loved her. Yeah, it's really great. And he's, I you mean, know, like he's, he's kind of like stalwart. What, no, well, he does what he what you need him to do to root for him instead of hate him. Because that movie could, you could easily be like, this man should be in jail, which <laughs> he potentially should. But before he is put in jail, they actually should be jailing the people in the psychiatric ward who released a woman to an unknown man with no identification. Based on a butt, uh, like a birthmark. Yes. Yes. Based on knowing where her birthmark was, which is not. Yes, like, can we see a marriage certificate? One hundred percent. Yeah. As a legitimate institution. No, that, well, that's, out, I mean, you know, it's in Elk Grove, things are different. But like, he could have known where her birthmark was because he had sexually assaulted her. Yes. And they could have released her too. <laughs> well, that's kind of going with the doctor is like, The doctor's saying that to the cop, like outside, there's like, he might know that just because he's sexually assaulted Like, her. it's a terrible, <laughs> those people should definitely be in jail. They also let that man eat checkers, which they shouldn't have done. <laughs> Psychiatric ward. I think that was what they were warning. It was also like it was also back in the day when they're like psychiatric ward. Lots of jokes to be had here, you know. Like it was, they're really just leaning into that. Where yeah, I mean, like, but I do, I do admire just from a mechanical perspective (laughs) on the script, showing it up in the back that like they have to keep it hush hush because otherwise Grant would be in trouble, right? Like the family's not going to let it get out, so that's why Kurt Russell doesn't go to prison. But he should not have his children taken away for kidnapping. Probably also have already had his children taken away for not supervising. Well, he's on them the he's on the cusp ever. of that. There's the threat of that at the very beginning from the principal. The thing, okay, this is going to be a little off topic of Kurt Russell, but the thing that bothered <laughs> Chris and I the most. Oh, is this about the <laughs> yes? Is the lurking presence of Kurt Russell's dead wife, who is a? I will have I have to say does not seem like she was a good mom. Like, let's just get that. Well, out I don't know why we would speak ill of the dead. But... Because she didn't, she didn't parent those children. The movie portrays it as though the only parent those children have ever known is Kurt Russell in a very absentee way. And like, the fact is that according to the movie, she died three years ago, which she means dead three years, which means which is crazy. a 15-year-old should have had <laughs> two parents, at least one of whom should have been stable. Yeah. Travis, Travis made it, life. Travis made it to double digits with mom. Like, but like, and he, he's so ready to be like, like he's that. so ready to be like, this is my new mom. Like he's not, there's no processing. We talked about, drama. we talked about the more disturbing things you could get, which is at some point rather than her, like. Figuring out the way she does, like, where she remember we talked about her coming in after the after the miniature golf thing. Yeah. We're like, we succeeded, and like, he walks in and Travis is sitting at the kitchen table, and she's like, "What's wrong, honey? You can talk to your mom." And he goes, "You're not my mom." 
Like, and it's just really serious. Remember, like, and it just becomes like the preteen scene where, where, yeah, I don't know. None of them seem to care about her at all, To even to the degree where Kurt the Russell presumably, no, no, no. Oh, the dead, dead mom? Oh, no, yeah, forget her. Right? We don't even know her name. Yeah. Presumably, though, those photos. So, you know, he has those photos doctored to, Billy convince, does. Yeah. to convince Goldie Hawn that she is actually his wife, right? He has the photos yeah. made. Presumably, those photos are of the dead wife. Yeah. And he has now cut and The last chick he picked Goldie up Hawn. at a mental hospital. I mean, right? like, he's literally like he takes, he takes pictures of his wife out of the closet because none of them are up in the house. And he's like, I'll just put this person's face on him. Like, he doesn't even care. He's dead wife holding a newborn child of theirs. Yes. And And it now has Goldie Hawn's face on it. Like, well, he has Billy do it, but he doesn't care. He's like, he's like, use these. I don't care. This really, really, remember the really dark read. Are you going to write the origin story here of like the first wife? Yeah. Because it's like, well, we came up with an explanation that would make it. Okay. Well, the really dark, the really dark vacuum deduction we made was: Do you remember when? So he brings Goldie Hawn home, and she's like, uh, she mentions her mother. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Are my parents still alive, or whatever?" And he's like, "He's like, oh, your mom's dead. Like, died. She was a lush. Remember?" And she's like, "My mother was a lush. Like, and we were like, did he just feel like is that like was his former wife like just a like an alcoholic, like a, a crippling alcoholic?" Like total absentee, didn't get out of bed, right. total so mess. He, and he was, was just like, like the sole parent. He was like, basically. your your mother. He's like, your mother died. And he's like, that's actually what happened with my with my wife. But like okay. that would be very. You guys were really, looking really. I think if you brought that up to yeah. Gary Marshall, he'd be like, what? You know, like that. I don't think that would probably be his read on it. But we were trying to make it make sense that this woman yeah. is gone. Sad because I like Kurt Russell. I like Kurt Russell's character enough that I'm like, okay, even though you manipulated this woman, lied to her, took away her knowledge of herself and her past, <laughs> yes. I still will <laughs> try to manipulate her. <laughs> yeah. Even though all of that happened, I still will root for you to be together unless you have, unless you also have now like just discarded this woman that you spent <laughs> obviously so more than 10 years with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was really with her unless Travis was an accident not planned, you know, and then they got married after that. Or Travis could be someone else's kid. We don't really know. <laughs> different mom bringing in a third woman that Kurt Russell. Just it's a whole for. prestige series at this point. Yeah, it's really, it's just overboard. It's super dark. We talked yeah. about when he says when she goes how old am i because it's her birthday yes and he pauses and he says you're 29 and it's like kind of a joke because it's like oh is she actually 29 but i was like what is that the age that his wife would have been like no but that was having travis at night no at at 16 she it's elk grove and they just moved there (laughs) presumably for somebody worse jake it's chinatown but it's elk grove yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not out of the question. It's not. Especially if it was out of wedlock. I don't know. It's troubling to to think about. But they make they make gold <laughs> so unequivocally. You guys are making the twisted premise like even darker. <laughs> make it even worse. <laughs> well, it's literally like that he pace over his dead wife's face with gold. <laughs> that really bothered me. That's it's so bothered me. If I die and Chris takes photos of me, especially holding one of our our marriage photos as a newborn, and cuts out some other woman's mugshot, way to the mental hospital, she was picked up off a garbage trawl, yeah, and pastes it over my face. 
And it's like, this is you. I would you better be, haunt him. Yeah, I would haunt him. I would. The most ac- we talked about how the most accurate thing in the movie, because we have three boys, is the raising of boys and how yes, terrible it is. That's true. And how they're just monsters. That's true. Like they're just like <laughs> I like how you only see the kids. You see two two scenes go by where you, the kids are only peeking out from the slats in the windows before you fully actually meet them. <laughs> but that that felt like our life. What are your thoughts on this movie, Jen? I do not love it, but I love the actors in it i love the charm there's a line i used to use in my pandemic movie club when they would choose a movie like um you know unforgiven or cave fear i'm like okay that's about as rapey as we're gonna get well this comedy isn't that but it's like a little bit rapey for a uh romantic comedy a little bit it's a little 80s the stuff was all happening in those 80s movies but you have Kurt and Goldie, and I think because we know they're a couple and they respect each other and they just have that charm, that it makes it more palatable than I think if we just put like Patrick Swayze in with um, Rebecca de Mornay and we didn't, you know, there wasn't that kind of thing yeah, going I'm on. I'm trying to think of what the worst cast could be for this movie where the premise becomes super glaring, super where it's upsetting. like, it's like Jackie Earl Haley, <laughs> Dennis Hopper. Like, it's, it's Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Like, He's like super creepy. With Rosanna Arquette or somebody oh really sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's like the harrowing David Lynch version, which is yeah. terrifying. You'd watch it. I would watch it. I would watch it. Um, You'd write a Brightwall essay. It would be brilliant. Yes. The the timeline for this movie was also very confusing. Yeah, it ends up only being two months that they're together, but it feels like a year. Like it a does. lot, happens. so much happens. Like she, she teaches Joey to read. Yeah, in two months, <laughs> she also like seemingly redoes the whole house in what must be a week. She does it very quickly. That's a lot. She adapts very fast. <laughs> it's a lot. And he's still wearing denim. He manages to get him <laughs> with Japanese business. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about where. let's talk about the golf course because we were super confused because they were literally went from. Well, it's in the. <laughs> Like yeah. you're not even, they're not even on camera. It's ADR. It's like, what are you going to do that golf course? You know, and you're like, what? <laughs> like, like, do they not even have that in the script? And then they just, it just it. comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? And, like, and then all of a sudden they're like, they he have- wants to build a golf course. He's also never mentioned an interest in miniature golf. No. No, he's innovative. He can design things. But like he, they're like miniature golf. And then she makes some, <laughs> remedial at best marker drawing yes <laughs> he fine. goes he goes what is the what is it crab shack what's the crab place crabs and something it's like crabs and stuff yeah yeah it's something, something the restaurant like names are very good we were talking about how the 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 art design of the the signage in elk it's grove great. is very it good. is great but they have one meeting with some random dudes it and like some of them seem very foreign. well no, Billy pours a beer on one guy. Yeah. And then they don't seem to be into the vibe. He's showing them he's the passing the, the marker drawings. The marker drawings he's done. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, ask me if we got the money, right? And then she's like, he's like, we got the money. And it's like, how much money? Like, yeah. and who were those people? <laughs> the next shot is them buying a rocking chair. Why would you ever <laughs> invest in Elk Grove anything? I don't know. But it's like, did they give him like six grand or like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, was it a hundred? Like, it's not clear. And then they build those, those build those golf course holes. Very came quick. from the first really? wife. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I it mean, was. It is a good idea for a golf course. <laughs> Goldie Hawn's idea. Wonders of the world. That sounds great. Seven wonders of the world. Take your kids. What was what was Billy's? It was a bruise and uh, what was it? Oh man, remember I don't with know. Uh, best breweries in the best breweries in the country. What? Remember? No, he's talking about like he's going to do no, that as a miniature golf course. That was his idea before Goldie know, Hawn I, comes up with. I didn't listen to that part of the Billy, movie. Uh, Elizabeth accurately <laughs> said she was like, well, "Well, you did the way you said it was. Is that John Candy?" And I, I said, did "No, say, is that John Candy?" <laughs> It was. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, I bet you they went to John Candy for this And then part. we looked it up and they did. They did. He couldn't do it. So they got, okay. they got this guy who's who's very good. Yeah. He's been in yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. 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 For Kurt sure. Was, I mean, and Kurt is, I, I'm going to start wearing that. I told Elizabeth, I'm going to start wearing the. Muscle tee thing? No, not the muscle tee. I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should. No, like the nipple visible <laughs> muscle tee. Yeah, the tea. nipple. What is that even called? It's I a, don't know. Like a tank top. But it's yeah. not. It's no, like I want to wear the. I want to wear the flannel. Oh yeah. Black tie. Yeah. And coat with the arm patches and jeans. It's a look. You know, he I was rocking that. My next, yeah. My next meeting, I was gonna. I'm gonna actually do that. What did you Go say, Jen? I said he was rocking it. It was like you know. You I don't know that I like it, but Kurt wears it. I'm like suddenly, <laughs> am I into this? I think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And That's the, the power of Kurt. Yep. Power of Kurt. It's yeah. the power of Kurt. <laughs> Have you heard the song? There's a music video. I'm going to send this to you after the podcast, Jen. Uh, it's in German for some reason, but it's okay. called Here Come Kurt. And it's a music what? video about like, it's like a weird German song about Kurt Russell. And Is people this real? Have, yes. And it, I... <laughs> It's like 15 years old. I have to find it on YouTube. It's very strange. Chris did this in his other life. No, yeah. no, I did. I didn't do it. But it, it's okay. an amazing. Uh, I don't. Know, I think of it a lot. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to you. Do it. Yes. I have one more problem with the movie. Well, I I have several more problems with it. But I also, I'm sure Jen that you feel this way too. But I don't like the way that it posits like a heteronormative world where children need a mother yeah. to be happy. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Kurt Russell, like I'm on the fence as to whether he's a good father or not. I'll be honest. I, I know that he's doing his best, but he, he cares, but yeah, he doesn't have the tools. He has no, the tools to build a closet, but maybe not to, you know. Yeah. yeah like he yeah. seems like he's maybe not the best dad in the world, although he's trying, but the movie, it is one of those movies where it's like, you need a woman to like brighten your space up and to, you know, cook a nice meal and to sit and read with your children. And like, if you have a woman to do that, your life will be happy. You'll be a better father. Yeah. It is it's like, maybe like you should that. step up and do those things. <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. couldn't he do why that? Couldn't, well, he doesn't seem equipped. No, he's definitely not equipped. I didn't want it oak. I wanted it cedar. <laughs> that but was the other thing. Say that, yeah. That, that was the other thing is that her character is so non-maternal. Yes, and so yeah, and then like, all of a sudden, just boom. I don't yeah, know, nature she, nurture. Yeah, exactly. She's like the least nurturing woman you could imagine because her mother is terrible. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah. then, like in the movies world, all you need to do to help a woman become like a nurturing, happy person is give her a bunch of children. Is kidnap her. <laughs> and give her a bunch of children and then all of a sudden she'll magically be like like her personality will bloom you have to give her a macaroni necklace yeah, yeah. 
that's the secret. It's like the taming of the shrew, but with kids and yeah. So it is kind of that 50s sort of houseboaty kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. a good. That's a good uh, reference. Although they don't fight as much as they should. I would have liked them uh, to fight even more. What fight in the movie? Yes. You mean more like fighting. arguing? Yes. The Not dark side physically. of yes. <laughs> physically fight. <laughs> That'd be a weird movie. Uh, no, but like he's so spiteful and cruel in the movie. Like when he he, he puts is. he pours the alcohol onto his overalls. And acts drunk, even though he's not. It's like, man, these guys got a lot of pent up rage. I mean, yeah. At the beginning, she throws his tools over, everything like that. That was like, not necessary. You know, like a day goes by, and you're like, okay. Did you guys see the remake? No. no. The where they gender flipped it, uh, right. Eugenio Derbez and Anna Ferris. I actually, I mean, they went like they made it sweeter and gentler. But I actually liked some of the stuff they did. I think they made some corrections on some of the ickiness of the original. Um, so I actually really thought it was a sweet remake, but it's a different movie for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. I think like the the, the thing where it really it's, it becomes unrecoverable is like he should not sleep. That's not. I right. don't know. I feel like that was. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> The thing you said, you said, you said this when we were watching it. You're like, that's consensual. I was like, this is the very definition of not consensual. Yeah, she's she not in her right frame not of know mind. Who she yes, is. she has a false identity that he's. But it's her. not like the first night. No, that would like, be that would be, no, but like that even so, he un- tries though. He needs to have the yeah. he has the agency. Like he should have not done that. I feel like then you could have got maybe you could have earned it ending a little bit more. Yeah, because it really is like. Because when she says like, when she's, house and she's like, you used me. I'm like, yeah, like in every yeah. way possible. <laughs> like, so she did, like she did love him in that moment. But it's kind of like, you know, when a drunk person like, ooh, you know, they're not in their right frame of. <laughs> this is this is where we, I told you we're going to get in tricky territory if you're defending overboard. It's like you're gonna do this on the podcast, and people are gonna be like, what? "Oh no, we're gonna get letters in. They're gonna be like, what is that? What no. is Jen thinking and Elizabeth?'" And yeah, I don't agree. They should have kidnapped her and told her that she was a person she wasn't. Despite that, I think we're all on the Russell. Same <laughs> but I do think she's known him for like two months. Two months. That's a long time. Two months. It does. I mean, it did feel yeah. like it, it felt, felt like, like a year. Yeah. They've built they a build gold, that damn golf course. Golf course yeah. So, you know, at that point, I feel like okay. it's kind of it's kind of it's okay. Kind of it's okay. never okay. It's not that's not okay. <laughs> what really was not okay. Okay, no, what really was not okay though was for him to then surprise her with the kids while she's like naked and postcoital <laughs> in bed. Yes, that that's, was so that icky. Yeah. Disturbed me. <laughs> we got yeah that That's was weird we like, draw washing machine outside it's like mom's just in a blanket but it's not even your mom it's this strange woman i brought home and it's yeah. like and also like, I didn't like travis that. is in like full-blown puberty mode i didn't like, like that it's like yeah. this is not a good idea i think it was this a kid is in therapy for the rest of his life after that i don't they think i don't think he should have done that no that was that was, a, that that was the that, that was, that was a, the bridge too far the line with that <laughs> sleep with her on her fake birthday but not Give her the washing machine in front of the kids. While she doesn't have <laughs> clothes on. Yes, no. That's yeah. not okay. Honey, are you decent? <laughs> not my wife. 
<laughs> also, we talked we talked about how when he's like he tries to when she finds her underwear in his yes. thing, and then she's like, "Who is this? Do you love her?" And he's like, "You're not my wife, and we're not married." There, God, I said it right, like that whole thing. And then Billy is like, "He's just covering for me," and she's like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I get that she, she tells me that she's not okay, like mentally. That's that true. she's literally living the delusion because she's resistant to. Wait, my husband was trying to cover for his best friend by saying we were never married and these weren't my children. Yeah, that would which be is something that, by the way, I heavily doubted when I arrived here. Like, and it's <laughs> she's clearly like totally off her. She's overboard, folks. She's overboard. She's overboard. She's, 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 overboard. she's in love. She's overboard. She's yeah, on golf totally courses. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got into all kinds of territory on that one. That was really funny. Okay. <laughs> so I think we should take it to computer war tennis shoes because chris oh boy, here we go <laughs> this is we went with the elizabeth uh her take on overboard let's go with chris on uh and you said he does not wear tennis shoes no we so looked, we looked it this up. up he does not wear wow tennis shoes. okay so when when dexter his character uh becomes the computer <laughs> sorry <laughs> we watched this last night and it's so I didn't like this movie. This one, this one is. This one, you, I, yeah. I did not I, think it was going to be a masterpiece, but I did think it was good to show where Kurt came from. No, no it was. I agree. It was interesting because you can see like little glimmers in there of like, wow, he's really, yeah, charismatic and yeah. The only person you actually want to ever watch on screen that entire movie, except Ed Begley Jr., who That's is true. in the movie uncredited at uncredited. the end. Credited, yeah. Uh, but no, we so. We're watching it, and no, but anyway, he's wearing dress shoes when he gets he turns into the computer. Which, by the way, <laughs> the way they take care of the computer is by leaving it in a leaky room during a rainstorm. <laughs> which is, but it was a ten thousand dollar computer, and they blow it up. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with this movie: is no one, no one reacts to anything. No one reacts to anything. They're literally like, like starting from that moment, like what's his name, Professor Quigley, who yes, fought for the Quigley. computer. They get the computer. They have the computer for a day. One day. One day. And it's like the college of like stupid Med, kids. Medfield. Really <laughs> computer. And he gets them the computer. Kurt Russell gets the logic activator, blows the computer up within 24 hours. And Quigley's like, we can't even get a spark out of it. And it's like. <laughs> he doesn't care. And it's like, and, and he's like, who who cares? And then he just watches him ace the tennis. Never talk about the computer again. That computer is never restored to functionality. Yeah. No, because we have Kurt. Yeah. It's a $10,000 piece of equipment. And AG Arno like doesn't give them the 20 grand. No. So and I know that no. that comes the stakes of the film is like the call. Will Medfield college get the money, which is like one. I don't care because I hate <laughs> like the Dean. And also Quigley is like personable. And isn't he also, isn't he the boss in poltergeist? Isn't he Craig T. Nelson's boss? I think he is in Poltergeist. He might be. Um, we missed you at the office, Steve. I think that's him, isn't is it? Is that him? Jesus, Steve, you look like shit this morning. I think that's him. <laughs> hey. uh, Quigley's a terrible teacher. Like, he's just terrible. not. Yeah. And then well, Kurt he Russell keeps screwing up after this in the other movies in this series, the Dexter Riley movies. Yeah. That's the whole the whole series of films. That is, movies. yeah. It's like, Bye. maybe we should get rid of this teacher. Yeah. <laughs> We, we the when they look the the part that was amazing to me is when they look in his eye the <laughs> yes. doctor goes the doctor goes professor and they come over and they look in his eye with the retinal thing <laughs> and they see not just one multiple shots of the computer mainframe blinking yeah. inside his brain and they all go like 
huh? And I'm, it's literally like, <laughs> no, tracks. Like, people would go crazy. People would go lose their minds and be like, <laughs> you know, like the medical Yikes. profession is on its yeah. head. Like people would be going, inc- and I go like, I know we get like the sense that his fame grows, yes. but it's all off screen. And I feel like the stakes of the movie are like, well, he has a computer mind. He's the smartest person on earth. Like he could take over the world or save it or something. And they're like, let's do a quiz show. Encyclopedia <laughs> contest. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. Because the dean is so mean. It's so awful. Yeah. We were talking about how the dean's voice is a voice that I've never heard past, like, I would say 1970 would be the kind of. The guys are like, yeah, the guy that's like. uh, Guy who's like. We're not. We can't. We can't. Yeah. There's no one talks like that anymore. No one talks like that. Private I school. love the yeah. moment where the uh, the friend goes to the police to tell him what's going on, and they like don't detain this guy, like, and yeah. bring him to the mental hospital in Elk Grove and yeah. let him eat checkers. <laughs> They're just like, okay, <laughs> that's the guy that's eating checkers later. That's actually yes. Skyler. It's Skyler, Skyler, Miles, and Henry. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It. It. And, and we also talked about how the other problem. That with the film, fundamentally, is there that are only two. There are no characters. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't arc no anything. Like, Dexter's like he's like gets famous for a minute, and then he's like, and he's well, like, okay, uh, yeah. oh, I like my friends, and then like, it and, could and then be that's be it. Better. It could be better. <laughs> there could be an emotional. I like part my friends. Yeah. Well, also, by the way, this is the second girlfriend of his named Annie. It is true. This is it's Annie. Whoa, recurring thing. Yeah. But he he could have been like, oh, I'm this emotionally interesting character, and now I've lost my emotions and I'm only intellect. And there's like a little bit of that. There's like a hint of that that he doesn't have loud clothes that don't track with that. But yeah, yeah, but like he doesn't have the any like emotional investment really. We also don't know who he is before he turns into a character. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. They could have done it where you could seen the change in him more clearly and then had him go back and and you could have rooted for him to like not be a computer where it could have been a little more like um i mean it's kind of a flowers for algernon tale right yeah. like oh here all of a sudden you've gained all of this intelligence and now we know you're going to lose it because like there's no way he's going to stay a computer but yeah. that's it's what you said even if it's simplistic like the growth of somebody where it's because it's a disney movie you do the like He's dumb, but like he's fun loving and he's always right. there for his friends. And like but now he's lost no his hero's journey. Yeah. Loves going to college, even though he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. Like you really like draw that out, like really sketch that. But it wouldn't take that much time. And like, then he's like, no. he becomes very smart and very driven. He isolates himself from everybody in his life. He loses all of his emotionality and warmth. Right. Right. That and would then, be interesting. And he's being used by everyone. Because the best yeah, line in the movie is the guy that says in jail. Remember the henchman is like, yes. he's like, aren't you supposed to be some kind of computer genius, some kind of some super guy? And he's like, don't you know everybody? <laughs> you know, like it's something like that. It was like, yeah. oh, that's the theme of the movie. Like in one yeah. sense, like that would be interesting. And he's like, wait, I don't want to be a part of that. Like that would be interesting. That we could a, do a rewrite on it and make it, we can make we it could work. punch it up. Yeah. Would you retain the parts where Kurt Russell is breaking down as a computer on the game show? And he's like, <laughs> American <laughs> Revolution. Oh, that I was doing. <laughs> Applejack. No, it's oh, a, God, that was good. And is Cesar um, Romero's in there? Uh, Non-Joker Cesar Romero, yep. which was weird. 
Well, the director, that's part of the reason I thought that it might appeal a little bit, was the guy that directed the pilots of Batman, Star Trek, Hill Street Blues, Hogan's Heroes. So he's done some good work. This was not, no, this was not. I mean, like, yeah, it's like Robert Butler. I looked him up. He's like, he's like a living legend. He's gotten the Lifetime Achievement Award. And like the cage, the cage, which is the Star Trek pilot, I think is like a masterpiece. Uh... I mean, not as much so as the second pilot for the Star Trek, which was okay. ordered at the behest of Lucille Ball, who said we should give the show another chance. Which that's the one that introduced Shatner, right? Because there's just mm-hmm. miscasting. Like Jeffrey Hunter didn't really work. But anyway, no. But like Robert Butler, Robert Butler was like, oh, like this guy's the the real yeah. deal. But like, yeah, he directed. He must have directed Romero as the Joker. Yep. And, and he's amazing in that. And I was amazing at how kind of understated like Romero is in this as like this clearly like a billionaire who's mm-hmm. like, also I want to, <laughs> I want to win 2,800 bucks at the track, which is like, everything was so small potatoes. <laughs> like, but I feel like the film itself had no money. Like you, it doesn't feel like there's very much budget. We kept joking about, we kept joking about them coming to Walt Disney and being like, can we have more than 10 cast members and Walt Disney going, no, you know, like <laughs> the college is only those like 10 kids. Like you never see anyone else at the college. Oh, no, never. It's like 10 children in one class. There's that one other guy that the answers only... the phone and is like a jerk on the That's phone. Right. Like Sherwood Forrest, like that guy, but like, but there's no other <laughs> college students. It took teachers. us a while to decide if it was a college or a high school and the college itself has one room well it's the one classroom and then the and then the dean's office and he but then he gets on the pa system yeah, and he's PA like attention students confusing. and it's like who is that broadcasting yeah, to like a that. full four city blocks of college buildings like outside like college is small i think it's a small college but it looks like it was shot at usc like it looks he's know. like for me it th- i thought it was like usc versus ucla because like well that state school has all that money and right, private school right. is tough, and like the dumb mm-hmm. kids go here. And then, which was a strange, also a strange way to see it. Like, oh, state school is the great place to be, and like we're struggling out here in the private school. But like, <laughs> I know that that's real. I don't not know, but like, it, yeah, was trying. He was trying. He's got a large jaw in this movie. He puts a lot of food in his mouth. The, he lots does. Of, yeah. He was, he bites food. He puts like a giant chunk of food in his cheeks, and it was really bothering me. I didn't want him to do that. Um, but you can tell he has promise as an actor. He does. Yeah, you see a little bit of you know the glimmers of what he's going to bring. Yeah, absolutely. But so I, I made you guys suffer through this one for sure. So yes, I traumatized you with computer war tennis shoes, but I kind of <laughs> wanted to get your your take on this as a screenwriter and as a writer, Elizabeth, because you guys are very astute about these films. So kind of a weird segue. We're going to the beginning of the career and then the most recent film that we have, Tombstone which is one of my favorites, one of those movies in my family where if you say you have two of anything, somebody is going to fill in the blank with one for the each of you. And uh, yeah, so it's how you become an honorary Johans is you watch Tombstone and you quote it incessantly. So did you guys, were you fans of Tombstone back in the day? Is this a newer one? 
for you. Talk to me about I Tombstone. Saw, I saw it in the theater. So yeah. I was probably 11. <laughs> so I was a little young for the violence, but uh, that always happened with me. Yeah, you saw everything. Yeah. yeah, I always saw everything too young, but I, it was amazing. And I feel like I've seen it a hundred thousand times. Like it's, and it's something that I can also quote. I can quote to, uh, friends will quote it to me. Yeah. I love it so much. Uh, it's, it's great. And I've actually, um, my dad and I, when I was coming out to move to Los Angeles forever ago in 2000, um, we stopped in Tombstone and look and went to the town, which is very touristy now and stuff. But like, what you also realize is how small people were back then, which is very strange. Cause you imagine like all these small men shooting each other in the street. But, uh, (laughs) we saw the okay corral and like, um, we saw like Boot Hill and all that, the, the cemetery and everything. That was really cool. But um, did you see like old Tucson studios where they shot some of the Westerns with the the no. roofs and the no, I haven't either. I need to go. I mean, it's my state. But yeah, because, you know, for Rio Bravo, they built those uh, buildings at three fourths the scale to make the men look bigger. So oh, I'm cool. dying to see all that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, these were just like this was like the actual like the gambling hall. Wow, like small because people were smaller. <laughs> they were tiny people. Yeah, yeah, they're like smaller people. So um, when was this? When was this movie yeah. made? No. <laughs> when was oh, the when okay. you you said when was the okay Corral? It was in the 1880, 1870s, okay. 1880s. Okay. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I thought when did you see it? Okay. It was like gotcha. World, and it was, like, it was like worldwide yeah. news. Yes. Like that's what was crazy about it. It was like the old west. indelible thing our older son cooper went as doc holiday for halloween this year and he's wow the movie he he only saw the shootout he's seen the shootout scene and he but he like read about doc holiday in a book or something and became very interested in it it's he looked him up i I was talking about it and then i showed him because this was great about youtube on your tv is you can show heart and be like you can see that you know and i was like i was like well he can handle the shootout because it's also Fairly, well, because I, I was, I like reading, I liked reading about like the historical accuracy of the way they did the shooting. 28 shoot seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's, it's pr- pretty close. Like, and there's some disagreement among historians, but like certain things that kind of hit the ear weird in the script, uh, like are likely said, were said or quoted from the day. Like when Kurt Russell yells, <laughs> when Kurt Russell yells, like, the fights commence. Get in the fight or get away. That is probably something that Wyatt Earp yelled, or it was reported that he yelled that, which is why it's so strange in terms of its phrasing. Yeah, they uh, had a relative. Yeah, exactly. So Cooper yeah. saw the shootout and he was like, "I'm going to be Doc Holliday." Like, and because yeah. yeah, I mean, also he's a mate. I mean, the whole cat, the whole cast in that movie. I mean, all the way down to like. Thomas Hayden Church. It's like this. Yeah, in- Billy Bob Thornton shows up. Yes, like so Bo- funny. Like, yeah, um, um, Jamie Priestley. Is it like, Michael Bean in it? Michael Bean is yeah. like Michael Rico, Rooker. Like, I mean, they're like, all just person. showing right up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah so- I always forget Bill Paxton's in it, and I start and like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah it's like. Hey, uh, I, I I have to just interject and say I'm not going to be very active in this part of the conversation because. I don't have a good memory for Tombstone. I don't know why. I've seen it twice only. But it was recently but... on. I we had we wanted to tell you this part, this part of Elizabeth's experience with Tombstone. So it was recently on a year ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was on. <laughs> Elizabeth said, 
We turned it on. You turned it on, and it was. We like, watched for twenty minutes. It was what it was. It towards the beginning. Yeah, around. Like, yeah, it's like it was like it was like they had arrived in Tombstone, and yes. like Doc Holliday's there, and Elizabeth was like, "Wow, Val Kilmer looks terrible in this movie." <laughs> I was like, he the man the character has tuberculosis. <laughs> it's not goose. Yeah, yeah it's not goose. like you just yeah. thought he really He's sick. Yeah. He looks really. Or, it's not yeah. Iceman. Hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I can't remember any of Tombstone. Ever. I remember all of it. It's a very good <laughs> movie. Billy Zane's the other guy I always forget is in this movie. Yeah, Billy Zane. Yes, Billy Zane plays the actor Dana Delaney. Yes, yes. Yeah. That the the we my friends and I will quote the the last line of that film because it's it's Robert Mitchum does the narration. I know. Yeah, and the, and the beginning and the the last line is Tom Mix wept. Which is an incredible thing <laughs> to just yell. We used to live in a house. It is so Hollywood, like to yes. tack on to the movie. Yeah, where like, it's like Among it's His Paul Bearers or Gene Autry. Yeah, yeah, it's like all that stuff. Tom, Tom Nobody watching the movie is going to have really a, an eye for who that is. Yeah, I'm like, who's, I mean, it, it took me forever to learn who Tom Mix was. You were about yeah, to yeah. say we, we used to live in a house that was built right up the hill from the original, Tom Mix's original studios. Yes. Okay. So where the, the yeah. his horse was buried was where the, the Ralph's was. And now it's a Whole Foods. And now it's a Whole Foods. So the Whole Foods in Silver Lake was actually Tom Mix's studio lot where yes. his horse was buried when his okay. horse. Uh, but now it's a Whole Foods. But his horse is still under there. Everyone listening, we're <laughs> going to quiz you later on that. Was it a Whole Foods first? Was it a Ralph's? It was a Ralph's when we lived there. And then it was Whole Foods 365. And then they yep. got rid of that yep. and made it over. Okay. But Mix's horse is still in no, the you They excavated that ground. <laughs> and built the, the, they weren't, you don't think that they hit the horse right away? No, he probably clean. buried him pretty deep. Pretty soon, Tom Mix is like, just in case there's ever a grocery chain here. Yeah. Or I'm going to come back and weep again. Yeah. I'm sure they relocated Tom Mix's horse's remains and we could track this down because LA building permits are so crazy. You should remove their remains. (laughs) Then you get a poltergeist situation. It's, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like poltergeist. We're tying everything together. Yeah. Put a plaque in the Whole Foods and be like, this is the <laughs> that would be appropriate for the I forgot the that horse name. It's not Trigger. That was Gene Autry's horse, but it's like yeah. something like that. It was like needle yeah. or something. Uh, but Kurt Russell. So this is we. So back to the Patrick Swayze Kurt Russell thing. Yes. So I was telling Elizabeth we were talking about this earlier today. I was saying that like because you were saying like Patrick Swayze is like kind of tougher or like he's, more chaotic. Chaotic. And I disagree because I think Patrick. I feel like Kurt Russell especially in this movie is so scary. Like yeah. in, in a way he where it is and hell is coming with me. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I feel like Patrick Swayze is actually softer hearted, which is why he's like in point break and like his Bodie, you're like, well, he's, I like him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this one is like, he's a little going to hook up. We don't know. Wyatt yeah. to kill someone. Like, you know, Wyatt Earp will kill someone. It's it's the shame thing, right? Which is like the pick up the gun. It's like, it's literally, yeah. he's put away the peacemaker, right? But you're like, man, when you push Wyatt Earp far enough, he's going to get the gun out and he's going to kill everyone. And that's what happens. It's like, yeah. right? Like, that's what Kurt Russell gets to do in this movie. Be like, watch this. You know what I mean? When he's like, and hell's coming with me. You know, like, yes. that's, that's the movie. the family on the train. And then he's like, okay, it's on. Yeah, yeah, he's like now that now that my the, my family's gone, like 
you know, right behind you still well, like it's that yeah. for the rest of the film. Like, and it's until he, until he has the nice moment with Dana Delaney at the end and becomes mm-hmm. a piece of Hollywood history. <laughs> yeah. Whose wife ends up addicted to laudanum? It's his wife. Oh, and she, remember, terrible. we just saw her. And, so that's not a good, that's not well, a good But then ending. he leaves her no. for Dana Delaney and then what? they were married and then they were married forever. You know what actually <laughs> Elizabeth happens? Elizabeth is like, what is this with, movie? Yeah. The way he gets together with Dana Delaney is she. See, first and, wife and, addicted to laudanum. This happened in, in Overboard. The first <laughs> wife was addicted to laudanum. Yeah, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> Played by the same actress. They just cut her scenes. Yeah. We were watching X-Files the other night, remember, and I said that woman plays. Wyatt Earp's wife in uh which woman in Tombstone I can't remember the episode but she like flashed through <laughs> who's on first yeah yeah, no, she, horse. She yeah. You, and I was like oh she plays uh Wyatt Earp's wife mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I only remember the laudanum part because I think one of the times I watched it was after I read House of Mirth so like oh uh, ooh, that's gonna be a dark watch after yeah. reading that yeah yeah i feel like i i sunk into like oh like women addicted to laudanum thinking of x files the movie version with jillian Anderson. yes exactly yeah. there you go you should read house of mirth chris they're just headaches that's what she said <laughs> yeah he's he's but no i feel like he's terrifying in that in a way that i don't know swayze could ever pull off yeah swayze's like okay. kind of a, more of a like Swayze is very scary in Roadhouse. You know what the good link, though, is we both have Sam Elliott. You have Sam Elliott in Roadhouse. Sam Elliott. It's the connective tissue. Yeah. Sam Elliott is great. Yeah. I don't, I would not call Patrick Swayze scary in Roadhouse. There's nothing scary. No. When? When he's doing naked Tai Chi. When he's doing dance karate. And when he's a motorcyclist at the river's edge, he like kicks. Like kicks his throat the out. The funniest thing in Roadhouse to me is that he gets it on to the same song he gets it on to in Dirty Dancing. Oh, oh my that's god, really that's so funny. that's right. I remember that. Like, what? Yeah, that's true. It was so like weird. the official Patrick Swayze is gonna get some. <laughs> we better put on that song. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We're gonna do this. Oh boy. That's when we when I'm driving the boys to school, and if we happen to be listening to the classical station, if Frederick Chopin comes on in my head. I immediately hear Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday say, I don't know. I don't want to swear on Jen's podcast, but no, you're fine. <laughs> when, he's, when, he, when he's like Frederick fucking Chopin, like when they're, cause he's like Stephen stinking Foster. He's having the argument. <laughs> in church. Uh, no, I always think of that. Yeah. He's great. Like he's also, Kurt Russell's really scary in the part with, um, you get like a glimmer or like a foreshadowing of it when he goes into the, the bar, the club they buy. And he chases out Billy Bob Thornton. That is, I mean, they didn't actually give Billy Bob lines. They just said, be a bully here. And he did. And what was great is I watched this almost back to back with Indecent Proposal for Karina Longworth appearing. And you have Billy Bob kind of playing a similar part, like a guy in a casino kind of just, you know, and it's like, oh, there's Billy Bob. And then I watched this and it's like, this was the official 93-ish role for Billy Bob is like, (laughs) dude at a casino. Yeah, Yeah, to be just mean. Yeah. yeah. And they they like he Kurt Russell comes in and just dresses him down. Does he hit him with the no, no. What does he do to him? He gives him the most Clint Eastwood line read ever. And I'm trying to remember what that's like. He was. says something like it's not hard to get a make on a tub like you or something like that. Yeah, and I forgot what he does to him. And then Billy Bob gets the shotgun and comes out into the street to shoot them. 
And Doc, and that's when you see how scary Doc Holliday is because he's like, "You're gonna do something. You're gonna stand there and bleed." That thing. was the line. It's like the most Clint Eastwood line yeah. ever. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, I wish I remembered this movie more. We should watch it. Again. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember the. I think the reason the first time I watched it, I think, was at a friend of mine's house who was obsessed with Val Kilmer. Okay, and I think we watched like back to back Val Kilmer movies, and I think we watched. Real genius. Real genius. And then I think we watched Tombstone. That's and I'm a pretty sure it's, it was strange. And I think I might have fallen asleep at some point during Tombstone. <laughs> You're like, this yeah. isn't real genius. Yeah. Yeah. I liked real genius a lot, but um, I don't remember. Like, I can see Kurt Russell's face in this film. You gotta see his mustache. I can't. His mustache, mustache yeah. is great. Pretty Kurt unforgettable. Russell. He's got the eyes. He's got the like kind of narrow eyes. We haven't in this. talked about his hair in general, but I think he has great hair. He does have great hair. He in does. Gen- yeah. It's great. His hair is great in all of the films. Every film, even even computer wore tennis shoes. You can tell he has good hair. Yeah, yeah that's the one good thing you can say about it. No. He has great, <laughs> great hair. Kurt Russell's hair is great. Doesn't wear the shoes. Has good hair. <laughs> yeah. Great hair. <laughs> no, he does. He can pull off like a hairstyle. Better than most actors. The only time I feel like Kurt Russell's hair doesn't look great <laughs> is, when? Is, is in Soldier. When they I give him the know. crew cut. Because uh, the crew cut. Yeah, the don't crew cut, cut. He's like Samson. You can't cut his hair. The crew. Well, the crew cut looks good in Stargate. Okay. It does not look great. In, you know, you're right. Yeah. Stargate. He was kind of rocking cut, it. Because you never saw Kurt with short hair. And then in Stargate, you're like, dang. Like, he looks Kurt awesome. can pull it off. Yeah. And he's scary in that, too. He's good. I do feel like in general, the longer his hair he's is scary and dark blue too, if I remember right. Yeah. He's terrifying in that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. That's a good yeah. Movie. Great yeah. performance. Good God. Yeah. And that's another that's another example of It was like the era training day, narc, that whole thing. Th- that yeah. those are the three. Yeah. Training yeah. day, narc, and dark blue, I think all came out the same year. It was like, <laughs> it was like holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it was like what you're saying, Jen, with dark blue is that. He has the unique qualities of like you might if you put so say if you put Dennis Hopper in in overboard, <laughs> like this guy's a psychopath and should be in yeah. jail. Like Kurt Russell, you're like, I love him. Like I love Dean. Yeah, Brown. yeah. Like, yeah. Even though he's doing this terrible thing. And like dark blue is a little similar in that you're like, man, like his lot, the things he's saying are vile. And yeah. But you're with him, like in yeah. the in a way that I feel like it's hard to pull off. With other actors, yeah, you know, like yeah, like Denzel and Training Day, same thing. Where you're kind of like, oh, he can be really charming. It's Denzel, and then you're like, whoa, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But that's, I think that's what I meant in the beginning when I said that he reads as good. Yes, yeah, he you, reads you, as that's a, a good point. Yeah, yeah, like we, we've talked about this about Scoot McNary yeah. from my show. <laughs> Scoot, right? It was like he, Scoot. you put Scoot yeah, in, yeah, Scoot is great. People, you'd be like. What a despicable character! Right. Right? Like, <laughs> what a like, what a like weak character, or like what a character that like is the antagonist, or like I, I hate this guy, but like Scoot, make, like you like him even though he's doing things that like crying in front of Brad Pitt, or like you know what I mean, like you're rooting yeah. for him in certain ways, but like where he's super powerful in the scene, mm-hmm. charismatic, you know, in a way that it, I always talk about this with Scoot, like. You can, we could write Gordon mean like 15 to 20 percent like meaner or say the worst thing because Scoot would do it. And then you'd be like, 
well, I see his point at least. Or like, yeah, still... there's a humanity with Scoot. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's like, yeah. yeah, like it's the product of the guy just saying what he thinks. And I do feel like some of that has to do with the actor themselves. Like, I do feel like, I mean, I don't know Kurt Russell personally, mm-hmm. but well, he's right out. here. In, Kurt. But I do feel yeah, like he we don't hang, there. unfortunately. He was in my book club, but I lost oh, touch. Yeah. <laughs> no, he re- he he brings a quality to his characters where they feel like they have souls. Yeah. Even when they're not like acting in the best way. Yes. It doesn't feel because other actors, like as you know, I love Tom Cruise and I'm obsessed with him, but he's almost the opposite. Where like you put Tom Cruise in a role and you're like, is this person a human? <laughs> like he, it works, but it's almost the opposite with with Kurt Russell. Oh, this 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 character that could be a stereotype or a terrible person, like suddenly has a quality where you you trust that they have like a moral code. Like his characters have like moral codes. Well, it's, it's I was gonna say like I was the just, John Carpenter movies. Yep. Yeah, yes. like, like Snake. Yeah. Like, but like even in Soapwood, like he's the character, even in his harsher moments. It's yeah. not often. That's what's kind of key about it. It's not soft. He doesn't yeah. soften. He it. doesn't, yeah. He doesn't candy coat it. There's just something about him where you're like, well, I kind of get it. Like I like I get it's an honest grit. Necessarily almost. like a great guy in that movie. Yeah. History might have been even worse, but like they and they don't shy away from that. I feel like in Tombstone, no. they, like they paint him as a hero, but like he just like brutally murders like several men. But like it's kind of like, well, that's what he believed. He yeah, believed <laughs> he had a code. It was for his brothers in the town. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and he was like, I'm gonna do this, and it's like, well, he was sincere about it. So like, yeah. I'm it's a little like Hemingway esque, like you know, like yeah, the, the man, man on a mission. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's like a Hemingway character. Yeah, yeah, in a Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway's *The Computer War Tennis*. <laughs> I know. Well, my favorite era of Kurt is like hot dad Kurt in the '90s with the glasses, yes. or you know, kind of the polo shirts, or where, as Chris said, we're not sure if he's going to save his wife. We don't know, or yeah. save the plane from the terrorists and executive decision or breakdown. So I would recommend those movies. Are there any you guys want to make sure you give a shout out to any performances, any other aspects of Kurt or his many performances you want to make sure we talk about? I do really like Breakdown. I think Breakdown is a movie. That's very fun. JT Walsh's last movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love JT Walsh. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I, I mean, I. I love him in Death Proof. He's that whole movie. Yeah, is like I always think of. I always think is that really audacious thing they do in that movie, which is when he convinces them of who he is, and then they're leaving, and they he literally turns to the camera and does the Kurt Russell smile. Yes, know that he's the bad guy, and it's incredible. Like it's such an amazing moment, and I feel like. There are very few actors or directors. I mean, I think Quentin Tarantino can do it. Um, but like there are so few actors who can pull off a moment like that where they look at the camera, at the camera. and break out of the movie. And he yeah. does it so well in that moment. And it's it's I remember people cheering at that moment in the movie theater. They were like, even though he's about to do something horrible. Again, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, and it it's it, it's amazing. Well, and similarly, I think the moment in Vanilla Sky 
where he oh he's really good in that yeah he's very good in that I love his line about the Beatles you know like (laughs) I used to like John then George but Paul yeah yeah no like uh very similarly to that moment Chris is talking about there's that moment where he sort of realizes that he's not real yes oh yeah and it's so well acted it's just it's just facial expressions too I'm pretty sure he doesn't say anything but you Mm -hmm. feel like like oh entity realizing that they're not real that's a that's a hard hard thing to pull off off, but he does it really well if I was going to like armchair his acting ability as you guys are talking about it like the the way he approaches it and again this is me just like thinking about it he he approaches it it feels like he approaches it the stuff he does like somebody who's like you ask them to help you like help you like rebuild an engine of a car and they don't maybe know how to do it and like but they just get in there and like know some things and like burn themselves and get all but like immediately like oh let me just get it you know like let me just get right in there and like get filthy and like cut themselves on something be like, ow, you know, and, like he just like commits entirely yeah. before he does anything else, which I think is what's great. You know what I mean? So like, even if he's kind yeah. of, super- he grew up in front of the camera, he's like, yeah, has that like, can do spirit more like even in like, I mean, <laughs> she's like, he's committed. Like, the- he is yes. committed. like yeah. it's like there's weaker material. He's still committed to it first, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then I think as he gets older, like the more nuance comes into that and like experience on top of it. But like, he clearly just, the first thing he does is like turn the amplitude up all the way and then just like go, you know what I mean? So you hear the feedback in the amp and then he just goes, you know, and you're like, that's, it's awesome. Is he the least damaged child star? He could be. And, you know, he was also a baseball player. Oh, he, was he, got, he? Yes, he could. He was a switch hitter. His father was an actor who was also a baseball player. And Kurt actually was rising in the ranks of the minors and he had an injury, like somebody slid into him, I think tore um, a rotator cuff, but yeah, he could switch hit, he could do all kinds of stuff. And so finally, I think it was around 72 ish. He had to stop. Um, That was his retirement and his return back to acting. So he was going to just be a ball player. So he is somebody who has that sort of blue collar can do spirit. Yep. Or just approaches it with the same kind of like motor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Practice yeah. makes perfect. He's like a very visceral actor. Yes. Yeah. Which I like. I actually thought that was part of the reason that of his appeal for you, Chris. I was like, oh, he played baseball. I bet Chris loves that. I that's amazing. I didn't know that, but oh. I got. I'm excited to tell Cooper. That's super. Oh, cool. cool. Like, remember the tombstone that guy is also. <laughs> very cool. Any other movies you want to recommend of his? Man, I backdraft, mean, I, of course. I mean, backdraft. backdraft. I think we've <laughs> so talked about this. He's, but... pe- he's peak. Like that's. What I feel like was that. I feel like that must have been like biggest office box office draw. Kurt. Really? Yeah. Draft like, era, early nineties, right? Because it was like I think so. Tombstone. Ooh, unlawful entry. I'm forgetting about that, oh. but he's great in that. <laughs> oh that my one. God. Yeah, that's the thing where I feel like he's the most. If he feels the most uncomfortable in, but in a good way. Yes. Yeah. When and you need that. When he plays yeah. the like law-abiding citizen, like breakdown or stuff like that, like that's where he feels like kind of squirrely. Uneasy. because yeah, he feels contained in a way where you know he's gonna be yeah. contained at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> 
you, you can like see him itching to want to like clock Ray Liotta like yes. throughout the whole, the movie. whole movie. Yeah. 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 And, you're like, and that's the guy that can do it. You're yes. like, if there's a guy that can take it down, he'd be like, he'll have to break through this patina of <laughs> civilized man and become his true self. I don't know that that movie is great, but it is fun. Isn't that like, don't I you, like, enjoy it. What? Ray Liotta like takes him to the, the, the place where he's got the guy that attacked his wife. And like they beat him up or something, or like really it's dark. Does. Yeah, it's kind it's of the pre-narc, pre. Yeah, <laughs> we're tying everything together today. Yeah, true. Two yeah. two baby blue eyed guys though. Two Ray baby Liotta. Blue <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of blue eye uh, friction. Madeline Stowe, she was really big there for five minutes. Yes, yes. yes. Madeline yes. Stowe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's a good one. No, yeah. they're all uh, yeah. He's he's a lot of fun. I have not seen uh, the Christmas Chronicles, so I don't I can't comment on that. I don't know that one either. Yeah, where he plays Santa. <laughs> Santa, yeah, whatever. No, I haven't called. seen the Santa movies. I yeah. It's Goldie Hawn like Mrs. Claus. I don't know. I don't know. That's fine. But like, if <laughs> you just are want to like wrap it up, you can do that. Snake Plissken obviously is great. Yeah, I will yeah. advocate for Escape from L.A. as well as Escape from New York. We obviously haven't talked about the thing, but like, I, I think oh we God. haven't talked about it because it's the best. So you can't, there's, there's no, there's no it's untouchable. dispute that the thing is like his best work. I think it is. I, you're probably right. It's his best. I think you're right. It's so good. He's incredible in it. He's amazing in it. You need him to ground everything, I think. And he does that in a really good way. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, it was a last talking Kurt Russell and all of these different avenues of thought that we <laughs> kind of ventured into throughout. It's always a joy. Thank you so much. I hope we didn't talk over you too much, Jen. Thank you for oh, no, <laughs> you guys are wonderful. Letting so us fun. talk your ear off. Yes, anytime. <laughs> I also want to thank everyone for listening, especially my patrons who support the show and help fund my research equipment film rentals, RSS fees, and more for as little as a dollar per month at the Film Intuition Patreon, which is the home base for the show. Other ways you can support the podcast are by sharing, reviewing, and subscribing to Watch with Jen wherever you get your podcasts, and also checking out the cool merch store hosted and created by our talented logo designer, Kate Gabrielle. You can find the merchandise store, including shirts, tote bags, stickers, and more by visiting filmintuition.com and clicking on the shop link. The show's theme music is solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw and is available in the free music archive. You can also reach me or interact with Watch With Jen anytime on Twitter, either at Film Intuition or our Watch With Jen account as well. Well, until next time, please take care and happy movie watching. This is Jen Johans at FilmIntuition.com and FilmIntuition on social media and Letterboxd. And this is Watch with Jen.